I just want to remind everyone to go to HankStrange.com, sign up for our email list. That's the best way to support us. We've got all kinds of good, good different links on there. You can find deals and all that kind of stuff that Lola's sharing. If you want to get uh, merch uh, from, let's say, Ballistic Inc., where we have a store, or if you want the patches, the Hank Strange. We're feeding through. There you go. Someone, let's see, who's got, okay, I thought I just heard myself for a second. Um, okay, so uh, let's get in. Let's get into it here. I'm gonna run the open. Welcome Boom. back to there the Hank Strange situation. All right, make sure you guys subscribe Lifestyle to the channel here. Thumbs up, ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live. Okay, we've got a new guest, Rhonda Izel. Rhonda, we do jazz hands here on the show. There you go. YouTube, just just jazz hands, just jazz hands right there. John Crump, we make him do it every time. We are live. I hope you guys have your big girl panties on. We are here. We are live. And uh, we're going to do this. This is episode 587 of the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. Our special guest is Rhonda Izell of Chicago Guns Matter. Yay. There you go. And then our extra. Huh? What's that, John? And Izell of the. Ezel versus the city of Chicago, which is a landmark uh, case in two-way rights. Right, absolutely. We're going to get into all of that. Of course, you heard him there. There he goes, John Crump of GOA. Right, there you go. And uh, what else? Let's see, GOA, Ammo Land. I don't know how many different things he has going on today. He's got seven different right. jobs because he <laughs> believes he's, uh, he's partly Jamaican. He's partly Jamaican, John Crump. No one, people don't know this about you, John, right? Well, I'm one person. Uh, from <laughs> you're one percent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I did a DNA test, and uh, one percent of my DNA is from Senegal. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. We'll get into that. Rhonda, welcome to the show. Obviously, this is the first time that uh, you've been here on the show. Have we met before? Absolutely, Hank. Thank you for having me. It's, oh, you're it's great to be here. Yes. We did. We met. Back in 2016. Really? Okay. And uh, absolutely. Okay. We were at the NRA convention in Louisville, and oh. I was walking around and I was looking, and there weren't too many black people there. Oh, we did, a group, just we did a group counting. photo. Yeah. And remember, I ran yeah. into you guys and I was like, right. you know what? I have not seen <laughs> as many of us here. Mm -hmm. And I said, this has to change. And I said, mm -hmm. do you mind if I take a photo with you all? Right. And you guys were like, sure. I, I didn't have a clue to who you were. I just wanted a photo with some people that I saw that looked like me that was at the yeah. gun show. And I was, you know, excited. Right. And so we took the photo and then I was like, well, you know, maybe I may post it later. I was just getting into social media, mm -hmm. but I never posted. Mm -hmm. And so it took for years down the line for it to click like, oh, that's who that was. Oh, but that was the <laughs> that, that. yeah. She told me the story on my podcast. Oh, that's cool. Like, yeah. I'm like, want to go on that show? I can get you on there. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, we're glad that happened. And yes, of course, you were on John's podcast. I was looking at some mm -hmm. of that um, earlier. Good show with from you guys. Uh, let me get let me uh, let me just get into this real quick. Excuse me. Uh, the range gave us ten bucks here. He says, "You guys, I live in Illinois. You have no idea how big of a deal Rhonda Izell is in this state." She's a big-time leader in the Pro 2A community. I've never met her, but she's a legend here. Legendary. <laughs> You're on legendary status. Can I call you Rhonda? Absolutely. Okay, awesome. Just Absolutely. making sure. Just making sure. I don't want to get in trouble. Make for you, Mrs. L. Mrs. L? Yeah, either one. Whatever Mrs. you like. Mrs. L is for the younger group. Oh, okay. You know, if, if you're not... 
if you're not over 45, you know, uh, you may yeah. have to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Miss, Missy Zell sounds like a dominatrix type of thing also, but, you know, not in a bad way. <laughs> not in a bad way. <laughs> All right, cool. What were you saying, John? What? I'm 44, so I'm going to have to call her Mrs. Zell for the rest of the show. Oh, because you're 44? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. You guys already had the age conversation. I'm not even getting into the middle of that. No, John, you're, John, you're good. You're yeah. Good, John. You're good. yeah, John's always trying to be older than someone because he's got a big baby face. So. Well, yeah, he... It kind of got smacked down the other day on the A's thing, but it was yeah. a good smackdown yeah. thingy, so it's fine. <laughs> right. Thanks. So, so I think as John has said, as uh, as the range said here, uh, you've got this legendary status. But let's say there's some folks out there who don't know who you are, Rhonda. Can you explain like who you are, what your background is, how you came uh, to be here in the gun community, and obviously known by so many people in the gun community. Um, as someone who stood up for the Second Amendment, if you could just break that down for us here. Absolutely, Hank. I'm Rhonda Ezell. I was the lead plaintiff in Ezell versus the City of Chicago, took on the City of Chicago for the right to build gun ranges. I am also the president and co-founder of Chicago Guns Matter. And what we wanted to do is, you know, we took on, we were the plaintiffs that took on the, the political powers to be to restore gun rights in the city of Chicago. We were the last state in the United States of America to get concealed carry. So we know that the city of Chicago is very corrupt. We were fighting the machine and then we won. It, it took for Otis McDonald, along with David and Colleen Lawson to take on the city of Chicago for the right to own a gun in the home. Mm -hmm. You know, they had a, a total ban on firearm ownership. You can't have a gun. And that had been in place for, for over three decades. So, you know, coming upon that, I saw that on the news. I said, okay, I'm going to get involved. I'm going to exercise my right because I was dealing with a situation where people had tried to break into my home. And so, you know, I wasn't going for that. And mm -hmm. so I, you know, started to comply and traveled outside of the city to do so. City said, hey, you want to get a Chicago firearm permit at the time? That's what it was when Mr. McDonald won his case. He said, you have to have a class and you have to have some range training. But at the same time, they prohibited gun ranges. That's where I found myself traveling outside of the city to comply with the new ordinance. Then I came back and I broke it down to my state organization, which is the Illinois State Rifle Association, which I'm a lifetime member of. And I said, look, guys, these are the things that I had to go through. And it was very significant because I had just lost my health. I was dealing with getting off life support, learning how to walk again. And it was tough for me to travel to even get to that destination. Mm -hmm. And so when I got back, I said, look, this is what happened. So they checked it out. They checked out the information and they said, look, your rights have been violated. Deborah Chicago was born. Mm -hmm. Okay. Awesome. So if we could just go back here for a second, because um, I believe, uh, you know, you, you were talking about Otis McDonald. Can we just uh, break down... Real quick, who Otis McDonald is for the folks out there? Absolutely. Like, in including Otis. me that doesn't know the, you know, I don't feel like I'm I know like the full story of Otis McDonald either. Go ahead. You know, Otis McDonald is a, a hero. He's an American hero. He's a father. He's a uh, veteran. He took on the city of Chicago because he was having some issues in his neighborhood with the gangbangers. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, in Chicago, these guys are rough. They want to be on your property. They want to you know, do all the things that standing in front of your place or, you know, aggravating people. And Mr. McDonald, he wasn't going for that. So mm -hmm. he decided to sue the city of Chicago for the right to own a gun. 
You know, he's worked in this city. He's paid taxes in the city. He's far from this country. He's a great father. He's a great husband. He's a great, you know, he's a great man. And, and to all of us, he's a, an American hero. Mm-hmm. And so once he won that right, and, and he struck that right down, it was a Supreme Court victory. This case was monumental. So, so at that, so at that time in Chicago, at that time in Chicago, with like, was it like within the city of Chicago, you couldn't have a firearm within the home? What was going on there? You couldn't, you couldn't have a firearm, period. You couldn't have a firearm, because, period. Okay. Because back in like in the mid 80s, mm-hmm. at one point in time, they had something in place where you could own a gun. But mm-hmm. when it expired, they never put another uh, registry in place for people to renew their licenses. And okay. this was done by one of the most corrupt aldermen in city council who's mm-hmm. now being indicted. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So mm-hmm. this is what we're dealing with. So we took on, uh, we had Mike Madigan, who's been running this state with an iron fence for over mm-hmm. 50 years, uh, the political machine with the dailies, Rahm Emanuel, et cetera. So, yeah, you know, lots of corruption in Chicago. Are, absolutely. And mm-hmm. that's what people don't understand. When we say we were the last state to get concealed carry and we went from a total ban on firearm ownership to shall issue concealed carry. Mm-hmm. I, I think I beg to differ about Chicago having the most strictest gun rules, the mm-hmm. gun laws. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because we, we came a long way. Yeah, absolutely. There's so there's so much to unpack here, John. I don't know if there was something, if there was a point that you wanted to, was there something you wanted to... Uh... I just wanted to say mm-hmm. uh, uh, McDonald is a legend and two-way history. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, absolutely. unfortunately, he passed, right? I think he passed in absolutely. Uh, 2014. Mr. McDonald passed away. He mm-hmm. was not able to get his concealed carry license. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons that I stand strong when I tell people, stop talking negative about the city of Chicago, especially if you live here. If you are a gun owner and you have a right to have a gun in the home or you are exercising your right to carry concealed, Mr. McDonald is a trailblazer. If it wasn't for him putting his life on the line and the life of his family and loved ones to go up against the political powers to be, none of us mm-hmm. would have a firearm in our possession at this time because he started it all. Right. And yeah. I hate to hear people continuously badger the city of Chicago and we're not even in the top 10 for crime in the nation, you know. Oh, okay. All right. They, they have to do their homework. All right. So there's some stuff we have to get into with Chicago. I mean, I, I knock Chicago all the time. So, I mean, if you, you know, you could definitely spank me. But I, I know I do it. We all, I, I think Chicago is like an easy That's, target for everybody. Everybody does it. Yeah. It's, it's an easy target because mm-hmm. politically, they're always bickering back and forth with someone. Right. So it makes us the target. Yeah, and, but and there's I so much corruption. It. There's all these different things going on in Chicago. We just have like, you know, Absolutely. it's yeah. Chicago is just one of those places. It's like how Florida has Florida, man. We try to own it. We try to own it. It's not. It's not necessarily a good thing, but we try to own it. I think there are things going on in Chicago now. One of the things is that uh, I, I I hear from time to time there's people who say, you know, how come there's not uh, more black people out there standing up for the Second Amendment in America? And I think uh, with Otis McDonald and then yourself, you know, a prime examples of of black people in America who are fighting for the Second Amendment, right? Absolutely. That was, and that was the main reason we 
created Chicago Guns Matter. Mm-hmm. Because in the 2A community, we are household names. You mm-hmm. would hear Ezel versus Chicago or McDonald versus Chicago mm-hmm. through litigation. Mm-hmm. And that's how it was processed. I wanted to make sure that we put faces to the cases so that right. we could humanize the cases. Mm-hmm. We were everyday working uh, mom and dads, grandparents that went to work every day, came home mm-hmm. and decided we wanted to stand up and, and fight for our rights. Right. So when I hear that, oh, the black community is not involved and why black people don't exercise that, we are. We just need to be put out in the forefront more. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, we... I well, mean, so there's a lot of people cases. out there that it's not convenient, I think, to have your faces out there, right? No. Yeah. Well, they don't want to mm-hmm. put it... Absolutely. Let mm-hmm. me say yes. Because in Chicago, once again, you're dealing with the corruption. Mm-hmm. So to literally say, I'm a gun owner, people still afraid that they may end up having a disagreement with law enforcement. You have to remember, the city of Chicago has never had a great communication relationship with law enforcement. Mm-hmm. And this goes back from the days of Al Capone. Mm-hmm. So when you don't have this, it, but it was instilled by Mary Manuel, who told those police officers he didn't care who had a concealed carry license, treat them all the same, which was as criminals. Mm-hmm. We had a superintendent before who stated that once we won those lawsuits that he instructed his police department to shoot concealed carry holders. And that came from Gary McCarthy. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when he showed his face to try to run for mayor, I was out just flabbergasted. Like, Mm -hmm. what? Yeah, yeah. This is is one of the, this, uh, first of all, I mean, Chicago is uh, one of the oldest cities in America. I don't know where the ranking, I don't know where the ranking stands on. Like, what's the, what's the oldest city, John? Do you know? What's the... The oldest city in America, uh, yeah. I know Chicago's not the oldest, but it's it's pretty it's pretty old city. There's a lot of history going on there in Chicago, and we hear about it a lot in the news. And I think this is why it has like a little bit of a bad reputation. You know, we hear every weekend there's all these right. deaths. You know, we hear all this stuff. And I think uh, from this is from my point of view, right? And it would be great if you can mm-hmm. enlighten us on this. You still live in Chicago, right? Absolutely. Okay, you like born and bred in Chicago, also. I think. Absolutely. Okay. So, like, one of the things, you know, um, that people hear out there is, like, this place is a war zone. You know, there's lots of uh, gangs out there. It's very tough for people to to uh, get that under control. I think you even mentioned that when you were talking about Otis McDonald, that there were these gangs. He wanted to be able to defend himself. And we see this a lot. There's lots of uh, hardworking, uh, good people in America in lots of places. Lots of times it's the inner city that do not have the ability to fight back or push back against crime that's there. And this is, to me, the, the major thing that we reason why we have the Second Amendment for, be able, for people to be able to provide their own security for themselves and their family members, right? For sure. Mm-hmm. What's going on here is we see a lot of gang violence. Mm-hmm. And when it comes down to regular everyday people, if, if for some reason these people are into your space, then they're probably nine times out of 10 trying to rob you for something mm-hmm. that they see you have or something that they want. But when it comes to the violence itself, this is, it's not gun violence. That's just a terminology made up by the anti-gunners. This is gang related. Someone killed an individual and then of course they're gonna go back and, and to break it down to the people that don't understand, they want to get their lick back. Now, that may sound horrible 
to say it, but how else can I break it down to the American people to understand? When a gang member kills someone, mm-hmm. they're going to retaliate. Then there's going to be another retaliation, and mm-hmm. it's going to carry on. Mm-hmm. But the reason you see them saying about gun ownership is because when it's portrayed on the news through the media, it's promoted as gun violence, which means typically that's to mentally manipulate the general mm-hmm. public to think and hone in on the tool mm-hmm. instead of the individual responsible for the crime. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen, 100%. So, I mean, yeah. so if every day you see 20 shot, four mm-hmm. fatal, or 30 shot, six fatal, mm-hmm. so on and so forth, and they keep saying gun control, gun control, gun control, well, these are the same racist gun control measures that's been in place since we were freed of slavery. Mm-hmm. But yet... We doing all this margin for racial equality and no one has brought it up yet to end these racist gun control measures. But here we are. Yeah, absolutely. OK, uh, John, did you was there something um, I know I saw yeah. you, I saw you looking up stuff. What did you want to say? No, I wasn't. Somebody was texting me. No, I was oh, going to okay. answer your question that you mm-hmm. asked me. That you instead of letting me answer, you just like jumped away. But that's OK. Yeah, this is how we do it here, John. This is how we do it. Here. You got you got to <laughs> jump in, man. You got you gotta to jump in. You can't be polite. Jumping in. I, I, I'm real polite. I yeah. have to wait. Trust me. I have seen John. I have seen John all fired up and jumping in. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Ron, Rhonda said uh, no one's do, no one's uh, speaking up against uh, racist gun control, and mm-hmm. I want to correct her. Mm-hmm. I think uh, she's speaking up against racist gun control, and there's other people out there like uh, Maj Sore speaking up against gun control, and mm-hmm. I think these people need to have their voices mm-hmm. elevated, especially Rhonda's, mm-hmm. uh, to a national stage and get in front of people. Well, let me jump in and interject right quick, because I'm not talking about me, Maj, Antonia, us that's in the Tway community. I'm talking Mm -hmm. about what we're being fed through the media, through Mm -hmm. these marches and protests that's telling us that black lives matter. Who is running those those marches and those protests? Those are the people I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about our inner circle. We do it all the time and we do it together. Yeah, it's not it's it's, the same common cause. When I say they're not fighting for racial gun control measures to be taken off the book. I'm talking about the political powers to be Mm -hmm. that has held office for 10, 20, 30, 40 years that are locking arms with these people, marching with them, Mm -hmm. lying in their faces just a little bit longer to stay in office. Those are the people that I'm talking about. I'm not talking about Maj, and I'm not talking about any Mm -hmm. other individual within the 2A community, Uh, because that's our job. Yeah, absolutely. I I think I... I think I understand that. I think obviously, you know what, John? I mean, you know, I think you're both right here. And I think yeah. the overall thing, it's like if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, does it make a sound? Um, the 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 person to be there to hear it or amplify this or project this message would be the media in general, which refuses to recognize people like Rhonda yeah. or Maj or Kevin Dixie or all, all the guys who are out there fighting right. this stuff all the time. Absolutely. Well, what, I, what I'm trying to say is we, we need to find a way to get you guys in front of the media. That's they don't. They don't saying. want to talk I'm, to us, though. They don't. They ignore us purpose, purposely. John, <laughs> did not tell you that. Did not tell you they don't want to talk to us. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm not they saying that's the answer. I'm just saying we got to figure out a way to. No, do you're it. right. You're you're 100 percent right. What, what I would like to do mm-hmm. is I would like for some of these 
gun manufacturers or ammunition manufacturers mm-hmm. and, and makers of whatever accessory that's 2A. Mm-hmm. I know you have professional shooters that do this. I, I get that. I'm saying if we're going to promote black firearm ownership on another level where we could reach people, because you have to reach them here. You can mm-hmm. write a long story mm-hmm. and post it. They're not going to read it. They may scam it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They'll, maybe they'll look at the headline, maybe. Put a board like, right, if you're going to get their attention, put up a billboard. Mm-hmm. Do some marketing promoting. Mm-hmm. Put something on the bus. Put something on the newsstand. Mm-hmm. Make it normal. We know we're doing it, but we're not being seen and not being heard mm-hmm. to the point where we can grasp the, the general public in a way where they're driving down the expressway or a highway and they go, whoa, was that a black family? Like, mm-hmm. or at a bus station and they see a, a a black gun owner. Yeah. You know, so I'm just saying, let's find a way to network. Let's find a way to put ourselves out there other than social media because mm-hmm. that is what's going to ring the bell. Yeah, absolutely. Because it resonates better than words. Yeah. You're giving me ideas. What's the visual out there? What's that, John? She's giving me ideas. Oh, yes. She's fired up. She's fired up. It's me. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's me. No, I'm just teasing. Listen, you know what's funny? So Franklin Armory is sponsoring the show. Shout out to them. I was actually talking to Brandon over at Franklin Armory, and we had the same exact discussion. Really? (laughs) Yeah, because I said to him that, you know, uh, one of the things we're kind of living in a vacuum of after NRA, right? The NRA has kind of like fallen apart. And when the NRA was, uh, you know, before all of this stuff happened with the NRA and lots of us separated, were mad at it, and, you know, all these things came out and whatever, you know, the NRA was basically a place where all, all these companies in the, in the gun world, all these industries, they gave their money to the NRA and then they felt like, okay, we did what we had to do. They gave them the money, okay, and then they decided who were going to be the voices. Mostly, you know, this is my opinion. They wanted to make sure they had some kind of control or ownership over those voices. And, you know, this is how things ran. Now we're kind of living in the absence of that. Before, you would see folks like, you know, Colio Noir was uh, up there. There were other people. But the NRA kind of had a machinery. That's the side of it, I think, that we really needed, that machinery side of it to help get voices out there. In the absence of that now, we have lots of voices and lots of people like Rhonda and all the people that we can mention on, on all aspects of this, but we don't have any machinery to help get them out in front of people. And this is one of the reasons why that's missing. And I wish the industry would figure out a way to, to uh, still make that machinery work. Go ahead, John. Well, uh, GOA have funded uh, Maj's tour to... Uh, the inner cities mm-hmm. uh, to go right. to the inner cities and actually talk to the residents of the inner city about their two A rights and about the history of gun control and everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we we sent them around to a bunch of different cities, and I think we need more voices to do that. Mm-hmm. As well. um, and I don't think that we need the absolute control that, uh, like, the NRA well, what I'm not What I'm talking about is not about control of one said organization. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, clearly, we have to move in a different direction. Mm-hmm. And the direction I'm talking about is billboards plastering all across this country with 
faces that's different. We yeah. can't continue to worry about what happened with the NRA, what did they do with yeah. the money. It's over with. The money is spent. It's gone. Yeah. Or whatever we we need to do be, this. I don't know. We need to but do this differently thing. going we forward. Have to find, we have to find a way mm. to market and promote black firearm ownership other than going out and talking to classes of people. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about reaching these people when they're driving by. We see McDonald's advertisement. We see, even when you open your email, right? Mm -hmm. When you open your email and you get it from a manufacturer of some type of gun thing, you see a guy wearing a coat or a jacket or mm -hmm. some, some binoculars or, mm -hmm. or some part of a rifle or whatever the case may be. That's advertisement, mm -hmm. marketing and promoting. That has to be more of us involved. Mm -hmm. And not saying that they don't have some. Let's just find a way to, you know, boost that up a little bit. You know, mm -hmm. that's how you capture the people here. Everybody is not going to come out. The ones that come out to the classes, and of course, that is great. Mm -hmm. how, many, how long do you think you can do that? Mm -hmm. I'm saying you got to get, get in the front of the people another way. And, and I'm just talking billboards and advertisement and marketing where it could be seen. And then you grab them. Then you start getting them to think and leaving it on their minds. If they come from work and they're sitting in and they're driving and they look and they see an advertisement and they're going to think about that later. Boom. I saw a black gunner and some person with a gun and they were black. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm talking about on a different level. You have to tap into the mental. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have some ideas. Uh, I want to. I want to get some of your ideas and and tell you some of my ideas, and then we can discuss it and see what we can do. Okay. okay. Are you going to do that now? You going to kick those ideas out right now? Oh no! Uh, oh. No, no. <laughs> hey, hey. Yeah. You got to remember, Hank. These are my ideas. Got my eye on you, John. <laughs> no, no. I think it's. No, I really think that. Well, it it it's time. It's time well. to do something different because we've stomped the grounds before. Uh, the things that we see Maj do, me myself, Mr. Otis McDonald, mm -hmm. David and Colleen Lawson, mm -hmm. back in 2010, a mm -hmm. total a whole decade ago, we were out on the L stations, bus stations, train lines, mm -hmm. passing out. Literature. Those people laughed us in our face. Mm -hmm. They laughed at us and they bought our paperwork up and they threw it on the ground. Well, we couldn't leave it there because we printed it and it was ours. Mm -hmm. And we were marketing and promoting firearm ownership in the black community. Mm -hmm. Although we were laughed, you know, out the station, but we stayed there. We did our job. You know, we're grown-ups mm -hmm. and we're trying to educate these people. And mm -hmm. now, a decade later, we have concealed carry. So all the while where we were being told oh, you guys are crazy, it'll never happen, you will never carry a gun in Chicago. We did our footwork. Mm -hmm. We, you know, we started grassroots around the city of Chicago, but once again, black gun ownership, they're afraid to come out and get involved. They're scared they're going to be reported, mm -hmm. or they may be known as, oh, you were part of that gun group, so you must have a gun, and they think the police is going to come in mm -hmm. and do something. Once again, it goes back to corruption. So yeah, I think not too many people are strong enough or brave enough to step out in the forefront like an Otis McDonald or Ronda Ezell.
Yeah, you know absolutely. Yeah, I, I I thank you for doing that. I mean, that was that was like you said, the grassroots of doing it. And I think today, if we look around the world, or if you look around America, we've got lots of people of color, of, uh, to, f- from that matter, of all races that never spoke absolutely. up about guns before. I think overriding the stereotype that it's just something for some old, you know, white guys somewhere. <laughs> the thing is, is now we need to we need to like you said, we need to figure out how to kick it up to another level and it's probably right. it's going to take all of us to get on board right because they're not going to invite Absolutely. us there a lot of places aren't going to invite us to that thing i see people talking about how daniel defense tried to run an ad on the super bowl and that was turned down there's a lot of things out there now i mean even Absolutely. even what we're doing here youtube has restrictions and facebook and this place and that place has restrictions for sure um mm-hmm. and i think that like this is what I was thinking about when you were talking about this uh, when we started talking about this. There's lots of people around the country right now trying to rip down statues, right. you know, because they feel like those statues are racist. And it goes back to what you were saying: gun control in America started from a racist point of view. If you want to tear right. down something that's really racist and horrible in America, you might want to start with all those gun control laws. Absolutely, and that's that's exactly what I've been saying. Yeah. Go ahead, John. John? After the Civil War, uh, that's when gun control really kicked off, and it was to prevent the freed blacks from owning guns. Mm-hmm. Then in the 60s, uh, California kicked off gun control because they were afraid of the Black Panthers exercising their rights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. these are the very measures that you you base this off of. You say, OK, we dealt with slavery. We dealt with Jim Crow laws. We dealt with gun control. Then mm-hmm. there's oh, no guns for Negroes. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, wow, we you don't want us to defend ourselves. And to this day, they take this gun control, gun control. It's not about safety. It's about controlling the people. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, th- and that's where the statement came in when I said, we have these young people out here marching, saying that they're Black Lives Matter, that mm-hmm. they want racial equality. Mm-hmm. And those are the people that I'm saying have no clue to what we're talking about, about what true freedom is. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be paying fines and fees to exercise a right. You know, yeah. self-defense is if a human you right. Have to, here's, you know, my, is, here's, one, here's one of my things I think about this, right? It's like people are calling to defund the police. Um, you know, I don't really, I don't think that's a good idea in any way. But when people call for that, I say, yeah, why don't you go ahead and do it? Because here's my thing. If you have to call for the police to save you and you mm-hmm. have to expect for them to save you, then they are your masters, Absolutely. Just think about that, These right? People, if you if you absolutely. want equality, like everything starts from you as a person, your own responsibility for everything around you. You should be able to defend yourself, right? Yeah. And you, if you have to call someone else to defend you, then that person is your that person's your master. It's like if you're a little kid and your mom has to come save you, right? If your mom has to it? come save you, then you're a little kid. These are the things that they don't understand. They mm-hmm. they don't have a sense of knowing that they are responsible for their own safety, that they are their own first responders. I saw uh, a couple young ladies crying to the police during these protests, mm-hmm. talking about, you're supposed to save us. And it broke my heart because they're not. The, the we serve and protect on side of the car is they serve and protect the law. Mm-hmm. They don't protect individuals. 
you're responsible for your own safety. And them not knowing the law and out there crying on the shoulders of police. And then at the same time, you want to, you know, fight and, and get into these com- physical confrontations with law enforcement and then defund the police. Like, what do you want? Mm-hmm. These people don't even know what they want. That's how I know it's not the the little ones that really marching for the Black Lives Matter thing, but it's the upper echelon people with the finances that are funding, mm-hmm. that are vilifying, you know, the bad portion of what's taking place here. Yeah. Can I ask you a question, Absolutely. Uh, do you think that the people that are marching are being used as pawns by the uh, politicians? Absolutely. They're being dragged through the 100%. mud. 100%. We're Again. all being used as pawns. Again. All of us. Absolutely. All of us. And we, you have to know and figure out when, you know, to move around. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, once again, and I say that because here's a fine example. If you're content with a law enforcement officer kneeling to you, what does that accomplish? It accomplishes nothing but a mental thing. Because... That's what people feel. Oh, they kneeled with us. I'm happy now after I've torn up and destroyed the whole entire country. You didn't ask for anything. What are you fighting for? Do you have an agenda? Do you have a list of things Mm -hmm. that you want your local politicians or your congressmen, legislators to change? They had 10, 20, 30, 40 years to do so, but they didn't process it in that matter. They only processed it based on skin color. Mm-hmm. That's how they've been duped. Are they pawns? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the same politicians that are right now throwing on some kente cloth and kneeling down and doing all that kind of stuff were just a couple of months ago uh, planning red, more and more red flag laws. We have, already have red flag laws around the country. They were planning more and more red flag laws, restrictions, and things like that. And eventually for the police, because I don't know who else was going to go around and take your guns, Right. Right. They were planning for this same police to go around and take your guns that today they're like, oh, yes, we're for that. We're going to defund the police. We're all for that. It's it's all boondoggle. It's not real. It's not a real thing. They don't know what they're asking for. They don't know what they're talking about. We could take Seattle as a prime example of what's to come. Mm -hmm. Chaz. Yeah. Right or chop or whatever. Okay. I think it's chop now. Whatever. Yeah, I think it's chop now. Eh. Yeah. I mean, they don't really stand a chance against against uh, military law enforcement or real gun owners. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. You know, they have to be careful picking. You know, picking their battles or so on and so forth. But how long are we going to allow that to happen? Because then that that's what I'm talking about. When people see that, people have processed that here, right? Mm-hmm. So everybody knows about it. If it wouldn't, if it was, if it didn't have any view, if there wasn't any way to see what was going on there, they would be minimized, yeah. right? That's why I'm talking about. We have to take this thing with black gun ownership to a higher level where it can be processed, where people mm-hmm. can actually see something. Yeah. Also, I think that, um, and you guys could tell me what you think about this, John. You could tell me, Rhonda. Um, I think that thankfully for lots of there's this image of the gun guy out there, right? That this is some kind of savage. He's just waiting to take people out. This should be a, an illustration to people that actually gun owners are pretty peaceful. 
Don't yeah. notice if pretty calm, quiet, peaceful people that are actually not just waiting to take anyone out because you would have already seen it. If gun people would really get set the off problem. the way that these guys would have gotten set off, what we're seeing in the news would just be like a joke. I would have to uh, my magazine made by K.A.E. K.A.E. They make some really cool stuff. Yeah. I think I I think I told someone in an interview recently that gun owners are so humble mm -hmm. because we know that we are in possession of a firearm. Mm -hmm. We know that that firearm will take a life. You know, mm -hmm. it's capable of taking a life if mm -hmm. we utilize it to defend our lives. Mm -hmm. And we know that you can't take that back. So we're not running around here waiting for the moment. I wish someone would. You know, mm -hmm. as if you're just waiting to shoot someone. Mm -hmm. That's not who gun owners are. That's not who we are. But we are prepared. We train hard. We, mm -hmm. you know, try to educate. But we're not mm -hmm. looking for a fight. We try to actually back down mm -hmm. and make sure that we don't get into any confrontations. That's the goal, to disengage and separate. Mm -hmm. I hope that's prepare for the worst. Yeah, Absolutely. absolutely. You know, I and and you know what? Look, sometimes I wish that we uh, that we were capable of getting out there more and getting our voices heard more. At the same time, there's like a very deliberate uh, attempt in America to suppress the voices of people that uh, believe in the Second Amendment. And I think one of the reasons for that is if you are, because because here's my thing. I agree with the fact that a lot of this had its roots in racism. I think today it's more like classism. I think there's there's certain elites that rule th this country <laughs> as well as other places, but specifically in this country, there's elites that rule and they know that they'll have everything. They'll have health care. They'll have security. They'll have everything. And the one thing they don't want the rest of America to have is guns. They don't want us to have guns and be a militia, be organized, be able to push back against whatever it is they want, right? When they set these laws, they just want us to get into lockstep and do what they say we should do. Regardless of the color of our skin, they want to disarm us, but they're not planning on getting rid of guns. Not they want to dis disarm us, but they take that and they take the Second Amendment and utilize it as their political pawn. Mm -hmm. That's why every time there's more gun control, it's the Democrats pushing for more gun control because I don't know where they get off thinking that just Republicans exercise their rights. That's how it's processed. Mm -hmm. But here nor there, because we know that the Republicans have both um, cabinets at one point in time, it could have brought national reciprocity to, you know, bring it up, and they didn't. Mm -hmm. And that was when when President Trump first got into office. You can go back and check that. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think, I don't know who was the, um, was it Rand Paul or someone didn't bring it up, but they didn't bring it up. And and we could have voted on that. I but think, uh, well, you're talking about, you're talking about strengthening um, uh, pro-Second Amendment uh, rights in America once, when they had the super majority? Right. Yeah. Oh, right. And here's the thing, when I, when I say that, mm -hmm. what, based on what you were saying about the elite know what they're going to have mm -hmm. down the line, that's why the, they jar with the Second Amendment so much. And mm -hmm. they want to tell people, to believe people that guns are bad and only those people want to have them so that they can do this to you. And people process that without doing any homework. Mm -hmm. You know, so... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, John. Um, 
Uh, I don't want to like bring this conversation to a screeching halt, mm-hmm. but I do want to put out the GoFundMe for my niece before I forget. Okay. My niece is brain from um, an operable aggressive uh, brain cancer. And there is a GoFundMe that I'm going to link out there. So mm-hmm. if anybody has any money they can get, plus all my Patreon now goes to helping them out. So like all my Patreon helps them out. And the next three Patreons I get, all the money goes to them. We'll get a free rental of the new Sniper movie. And if you donate $5, I will even send you a patch. Awesome. Very cool. How is your niece doing, by the way? Uh, I was sorry to hear about that. She's, uh, she's in and out of the hospital. She started uh, radiation. Um, I, I wish I could say uh, she was doing better, but um, I, I can't. Uh, like two weeks ago, she was a happy little girl, and now they're getting her a wheelchair and everything. So mm-hmm. it's kind of. Yeah. It, it, we're we're going to continue to pray for her. You know, blessings and prayers to you and your family. Yeah. But, but I, I just wanted to put that out there, and mm-hmm. sorry for bringing it to a halt. No, that's okay, man. It's okay. No, that's okay. We could stop. Yeah, good. yeah, sorry. we could focus on that. D, um, did you put a link in the chat? Yeah, I put a link in the chat. Uh, yeah, because okay. it, uh, like even with the copays, they have like mm-hmm. fifty thousand dollars worth of bills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I know that's a tough deal. Uh, Lola, if you have that link somewhere, just put it into the description. Where do people need to go again, John? What's the... Uh... Uh, it's a GoFundMe, um, or they can give directly to my Patreon, which all goes there as well. Okay. I, I just GoFundMe in there again. Uh, and what's the, what's the name of the GoFundMe? So for folks who are listening, if they want to look it up. Yeah, I put it in the thing. It's uh, Isabella Hammer and Family. Okay. Um, they're in New York, uh, little little girl. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. I've been kind of distracted. That's why I haven't been responding to texts or anything else recently. Right. She is our guard, yeah. goddaughter um, and everything else. So, yeah. yeah. No, I understand. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to pull it up right now. I don't have it. Uh, I don't yeah, have well, it. I put it in the in in the chat. Yeah, let me see. I think I've found it here. Uh, no, that doesn't look like you, the right one. You guys are real fancy with the stuff you got going on. Who? What you all set up. Oh. <laughs> You're doing too much. Doing too much? <laughs> like, I, try, I, I try not to move. Like. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, here we go. I think I pulled it up. Isabella Hammer and family. Okay, this is it. Just for folks who, if uh, if you guys are looking at this, you want to know what we're talking about. Here it goes. Um, or you can go to John. How do people find your um, your Patreon? It's just John Crump slash John Crump. All all that goes there, and there you can get the free uh, rental of Sniper Assassin's Den that just came out today, courtesy okay. of something. Right. Okay. And awesome. I'll- yeah yeah uh by the way back uh let's see let's go back here a little bit someone said uh night train he says pray for peace but prepare for war that's sevis passum parabellum yeah that's yeah. uh the john wick movie <laughs> yes well before it was a john wick movie it was an actual thing <laughs> yeah i know i know but what i'm saying is john wick movie uh, do you know that uh john wick four Mm-hmm. And the Matrix movie are both coming out on the same day. Um, yeah, which I, is weird. 
Well, I, if they both come out on the same day, I think I'd rather go look at John Wick. I'm not a huge fan of the Matrix yeah, movies, but it's, but it's, per se. Although I like Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, okay, so Keanu Reeves is in both of those. Uh, the Wachowski sisters are doing the uh, Matrix movies, but I don't think those people have any kind of imagination. You, do you know, here, I'll give you a little trivia, John. Do you know they stole the Matrix from a black woman? They stole the idea of the Matrix. Do you know about yeah, that? Yeah, they, they got sued and they had to end up paying money. No, they no, they got away without because they, oh, they got sued. No, she sued them, but you know they had money and lawyers, so uh, yeah, I don't think she ever got any. You don't get any, you don't get any money trying to sue Hollywood, man. It doesn't yeah, really but work. Like out. Bill, Bill and Ted trailer dropped too. I saw that too. That um, that I'm interested. I like Keanu Reeves, you know. I'm cool with Keanu Reeves. The uh, Wachowski sisters, not so, not really such a big fan of those. Okay, so y'all losing me on the movie stuff. Yeah, sorry about that, Rhonda. <laughs> okay, you probably don't know this, but the the Matrix. Have you ever seen any of the Matrix movies? Long time ago, I maybe oh, okay. saw a portion of it. Oh, okay. You're not a big you're not a big movie person. Not anymore. Oh, okay. All right. Not anymore. I have a whole thing of movies in there, and they're still not even open, and they're old. Oh. Like, you know, still brand new, but they're on a yeah. rack. A like, thing of what? What are we talking about? Are we talking DVD? Are we talking beta, Max? <laughs> is it on a reel-to-reel? <laughs> you know, how old is it? You know, you know Matthew found a uh, videotape, uh, like an old VHS tape. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was like, what is this? I was like, that's a movie. Yeah, like, back in the days. The Egyptians invented that. <laughs> no, but he's like, where's the screen? <laughs> like, oh, the movie's on there. You have to put it in the machine. Uh-huh. The DVDs. Like, Why do you have to put it in the machine? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. I was like, how far have we come? <laughs> yes. So far into the future. So far. You know, uh, Brian Quick says, we are in the Matrix. Yeah, that's true. We're in the Matrix. Brian also said he's John Wick and doesn't want to. Huh? Say that again. Brian Quick also said he's never seen John Wick and doesn't want to. Oh, he's not a fan of the uh, John Wick movies. Okay. Uh, M. Gabriel says Matrix is a must-see movie. It was a good movie. It was a good movie. But proof that they stole it is the other two movies are crap. By the way, I'm going to hit you guys with another bit of trivia here. Do you know that the Matrix and the Terminator movies all take place in the same world? In the same what? Same world. It's the same world. Those movies, that same woman came up with the Terminator as well as the Matrix. Do you know that? No. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So think about this. In in Terminator, right, the whole premise of Terminator is that the, uh, that the computers became sentient and tried to take over the world and went to war with man. The whole premix, premise of uh, Matrix is that man and the robots were fighting, right? And then, you know, this is this is how the world got messed up. Same world, same thing. Yeah. That's... Well, we're halfway there now in yeah. the real world. Oh yeah, so. yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. We get it's it's red versus blue nowadays in this world that we're living in. Uh, Eli EDC says Mrs. Izell, aka the Queen of Chicago. <laughs> 
<laughs> Eli. You got to bow down Shout to her to majesty. I also have to say that uh, my interview with uh, Miss Zell came out on Amaland today. Mm-hmm. You can go check it out over there. I talked to her for Amaland and also my podcast. Is yes, very. Thank you for that. I, I checked it out. It was great. And uh, if you haven't seen it, guys, go over to Amoland, check it out. Check out it. It's on our uh, websites. It's on our social media pages and mm-hmm. things of that nature. Go mm-hmm. click the link. Yeah. What can we find that's different, uh, John, in the uh, in the article? Uh, different are different questions. I try to keep the two questions separate. I mean, there's some overlay, mm-hmm. but I try to keep uh, it separate so you can get different information out of the article than you do from the podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so Hank, what took you so long to, to bring me on? I know, I know uh, John facilitated this one. We met in 2016, but I think I saw you last year at the NRA convention as yes. well. Lola said Lola had your card. She said she tried to reach out to you, but you didn't respond. So, uh, yeah, Lola does yeah. all the scheduling for this podcast in particular. Yeah, Rhonda told me Rhonda told me you guys never reached out, and you guys said she never responded to you well, guys. Well, I'll tell you what, Lola, if I missed that email, sweetheart, I am so sorry. Oh, hi, but hi. Why are you going to apologize to Lola, but you just, you just you just coming down on me? For, look. As soon as you heard Lola, then it was okay. But you Who said she's responsible for yes, I blame, all the emails and things yeah, of that Rhonda, nature. So then I, that I blame means everything. I must have missed an email from her. I blame everything on Lola. Tank, when I see you, we can talk. <laughs> <laughs> if you want some smoke when I see you, we can talk. No, I don't want any smoke unless we're having a barbecue. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, it's all good. Listen, I do remember I do remember meeting you and even Lola when when John um, you know, when John reached out to her about it, she looked it up and she saw that she did email you. So we got the email proof, if you know any evidence or whatever. So, right? so, so Rhonda, no, I'm going to look and see what was. Uh, I, I, I think I'm 10 years older than you, John. So, hey, I can't remember everything. Oh, I mean, boy. the world is on fire. <laughs> Chris Bullis says Hank is just slow. <laughs> there you go. Wow. Wow. No, okay, I'm glad. When you both told me that, you're like, Rhonda's like, yeah, I was supposed to be on the show, but they never emailed me. Then I said, hey, yeah, I heard you tell. And Hank's like, been, yeah. she responded to us. I'm like, town, Wait a minute. I could have been anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I've just missed listen, it. Um, listen, you know why it happened right now, Rhonda? You know why it happened right now? It was preordained. It was written to happen this way. Absolutely. This is what I believe. I, I don't want to get into, you know, not... Not to get in too deep into this, but hey, this was the way it was meant to be. We were meant to come together, and we were meant to be brought together by uh, by John Crump. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, now he's gonna forever. <laughs> That's gonna forever be his thing. <laughs> no, I man, I still have people. Uh, I was at the two A rally uh, last uh, October, and uh, I was sitting there. Um, behind of interviewing some people and someone's out there yelling, popcorn, popcorn. Oh, really? <laughs> I used to, uh, popcorn on Hank's show for my yes. son's up yeah. troop. Okay. That's, yeah. that's, that's what, basically, that's what John uses us for. <laughs> to pick really? all the things that his kids are selling. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, Girl Scout, co- wait, no, he did, no, they didn't do uh, Boy Scout cookies, they just did the popcorn, right? That was... Yeah. 
orange. Yeah, yeah. I don't think the Boy Scout cookies. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to Tyvin Show. I see Tyvin Show out there. Let me uh, throw this up here on the screen for you guys because I hate to go back. We're, this is going to be it, and then we can we can move on here because some people got mad because I'm connecting the Matrix and the Terminator movies. It's a reality. Uh, Sophia Stewart, okay? The little-known story has uh, met a just conclusion as Sophia Stewart, African-American author, see it's right here, African-American author of The Matrix will finally receive her just due from the copyright infringement of her original work. A six-year dispute has ended involving Sophia Stewart, the Wachowski brothers, Joel Silver, and Warner Brothers. Boop, boop, boom. I told you she got money. Yeah. This was uh this was dated 2013 or something like that. Yeah. So and if you go back and look at this, if you uh, you know, like I said, because we have Rhonda here, I don't want to get too deep lost in this. But for anyone out there who doesn't believe me, go do the research on the Google machine. The Matrix and the Terminator movie are both things that she came up with. She did. She wrote the original uh, graphic novels and things like that for that. So there you go. You know. Well. You gotta, Got to recognize. I don't in too. Yeah. Why do you think there were so many in the Matrix, like the Terminator movies? I'm trying to remember. They weren't really. They. Were, I can't remember. There was. I think there was one guy in the Terminator movies that was black. But the Matrix had a lot of black people in there. The Wachowski brothers knew what they were up to. They're not very. They're not very creative. You know, they're not very creative. This is how the Wachowski brothers wound up being the Wachowski sisters. Go look that up. You'll find out what I'm talking about. Yeah, they they were brothers, and then they... <laughs> I guess I got a lot of homework to do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just go look. Just go do the research on it. It goes no. deep. I don't want to get into it here. We've got the, we've got Rhonda Ezell here. Please, please yeah, Rhonda. Oh, by the way. Huh? You have what? Tons of stories coming out in our out. By the way. Coming out of what? Oh, on on. Um, hmm? Okay. One about one of your guests. One of my guests. Yep. Okay. Do you want to fill us in on this? What's this, this big no. secret? You don't want to fill us in. Well, is it is it the guest? Yeah, just uh, John. Just quietly tell me, is it the guest that's on right now? No. Well, oh, no, okay. that's the story came out. No, uh, talking about uh, John Gimmond. Oh, okay, yeah. Arms they, list. They won their case in Massachusetts mm-hmm. against the Brady campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, the case was thrown out, and they were successful, but the Braves are still suing them in Wisconsin. Uh, this will be, I think this is like their sixth lawsuit for the mm-hmm. same thing, and mm-hmm. I talked to some lawyers, and they said that they're going to lose that one, that the Brady campaign's going to lose that one too, so I think they're trying to bankrupt them. Yeah, actually, John I, sent me something I, from the uh, article, Arms List Defeats Gun Grabbers in Court. Oh, is that my article? Uh, something he sent me. No, this is a press release from Arms List. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah I, I helped write that. Oh, okay. So should I, I read it? Should... Sorry. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. can. Yeah, okay, let's see if we can, uh, we can run a little bit of this in here. Let me, I'll, I'll get it yeah, to go big one. I gotta, I gotta zoom in on it. Boston, Massachusetts, Arms List, LLC, announced that it has successfully defended itself against the Brady Back lawsuit. Brady was established in 1980 as Name Handgun Control Inc. 
um, and then it goes on about the whole thing. So go ahead, John. You can break down what happened there. It's a whole bunch of legalese in there. So yeah, well, here, the thing is, oh, I'm, I'm gonna cut out all the legalese. Mm-hmm. There is something called the Safe Harbor Act, uh, which basically prevents places like Craigslist or uh, Google Mark, not Google, uh, Facebook Marketplace. Or any place like that that sells stuff like uh, Amazon, for example, they have third-party sellers. Mm-hmm. So it gives immunity to the places that host third-party sellers from crimes committed by third-party sellers. It's cut clear and dry. There is a good discussion on the EFF, Electronic Frontier Foundation, about it, but it is – very, very cut and dry. There's no way around it. Uh, there are lawyers at the Brady campaign. They know that they can't succeed. So they're giving these people false hope by saying, hey, we can get you some money. But it's it's not the case. It's it's every court um, has turned down every time somebody gets sued for a third-party seller. Uh, they had cases go up to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court ruled on it and said, you cannot sue a third, you know, the company because somebody, a third party seller. So mm-hmm. let's say somebody on eBay sells something mm-hmm. because you can't eBay. Yeah, because, well, basically, I think um, in this case, which we've had uh, John Gibbon on the podcast, um, you know, Arms List is not facilitating the deal. They're just basically a platform that people are meeting each other on. And then people are responsible for following the laws in in their state cities or whatever, right? Whatever applicable laws. Yeah, they're the Craigslist or guns, basically. Yeah, yeah. So, um, okay, this is a, this is a um, this is a good thing for them. And you're saying the other there's another thing lawsuit that's out there as well. It's going to fall apart. Yeah, they're in Wisconsin. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if the press release is out yet. Um, Oh really? I just showed the press release, so I know, but I I don't know if it's out to oh. uh, the like the the press outlets. Oh. I I only if like few people have yeah. it. Breaking it, news right here, people. Yeah, yeah. She just did the same thing that Walter did. You and Walter are definitely old school. <laughs> <laughs> that's my friend Walter who's usually on the show I don't know if you watch the show here but he just did the same thing a couple days ago <laughs> yeah um, check your six says uh, the red pill or the blue pill which one Hank um, I guess the the uh, correct answer for that would be the red pill but um, to me I don't, I'm not taking pills from anybody there's a theory that says the pills are a myth that doesn't matter what pill that you take. Yeah, exactly. I don't take I'm not taking pills from anyone. That's my answer. I'm not taking pills from anyone. There's no way of escaping the matrix. We're in the matrix inside of the matrix inside of the matrix. <laughs> don't go back to the matrix. <laughs> <laughs> That's not me, no. Rhonda. That's those people. No. <laughs> I let me get out the matrix for a minute and I'm okay. gonna send them somewhere else especially mm-hmm. if they're women and especially mm-hmm. if they're gun owners right I want them to go to dcproject.info mm-hmm. because I'm part of the DC project mm-hmm. and we are women that go to DC to speak with our 
legislator, as mm -hmm. gun owners, mm -hmm. right? We're there to be a resource. Mm -hmm. And if you're not reaching out to them on the state and local level, you can get involved. Mm -hmm. You can get with the DC project. You can be a resource for your legislators because mm -hmm. the laws that we see that we don't agree with, we want to go down there, we want to talk about it. But mm -hmm. when we talk about organizations, it's, it's not just black women or black people, mm -hmm. you know, that are coming up. It is people getting together in groups and exercising their rights as a whole. And mm -hmm. I'm a part of that organization as well. And they I'm, do I'm great throwing things. it up on the screen there, as you're speaking here. Um, there, yeah. there are about one to three million new gun owners. I don't know how many are women. They need to start mm -hmm. to get involved, get proactive. And start to, you know, get involved and standing up because we have to counteract the ones that are wearing the red shirts mm -hmm. that are forcing all the gun control, right? Mm -hmm. So they go down there and they work with these politicians and they put these measures in place and then gun owners are stuck fighting the battle. But the DC Project is good for that. It's all women mm -hmm. and, you know, you can get involved, you can... Stop being proactive. You can step up. You want to be a fighter. Okay. You're ready. Hit the e you know, Who hit are the women in the DC website. project? I, I mean, you don't have to tell me all of them, but. Um, you can well, go to the, my podcast. The, the, the Diana Mahler. Mm -hmm. Diana Mahler is the founder of the DC project. Okay. She is a retired police officer from Oklahoma. Yeah. She's a professional three gun shooter. And okay. she was just on Fox. Um, the other day, I believe it was yesterday, yeah. speaking about um, a police shooting. So mm -hmm. Diana Muller, mm -hmm. you have a bunch of three-gun shooters, competition shooters, a lot of trainers. Mm -hmm. like, there's so many to name. You know, it's just a world of, of, of education there. Mm -hmm. um, they're professional shooters. I was asked to come in to support the state of Illinois. I'm one of the three people that represents Illinois. So we just want to make sure that women across this country have somewhere else to go if they are new to guns and they want to learn and they want to get involved. Yeah. So the DC Project Info is the place I, to go. Okay. I've had about go ahead, John. Ten uh, of the women from the DC Project in my podcast are all extraordinary women. If you don't know who Diana Mahler is, uh, she's on Fox News sometimes. But also, mm -hmm. if you remember the woman in Congress that told the senator right to his face mm -hmm. that if you enact an assault weapons ban, I will not comply. comply. That Absolutely. is Diana Mahler. Uh, Holly Sullivan from Connecticut, Absolutely. who's been on the podcast, is awesome. Uh, I've, I've had the, the the Virginia director on. Okay. Um, and all of them have stories, and mm -hmm. all of them and that's the really that's the thing. Everybody has a story to tell when they mm -hmm. go into those offices. So you're not just going in there just blabbing off at the mouth. You're mm -hmm. going in there, laying down what you have to share with them about mm -hmm. what your experiences was or what the changes you want to see happen. This is mm -hmm. what I'm talking about where we see people that's marching and protesting and don't have a clue to what they want versus, okay, over here, I'm, I'm over here and I'm able to say, I know exactly what we need to do. I know exactly who I need to speak with and this is exactly what I want to tell them. Mm -hmm. There's mean, a difference. You so, mean burning down you know, a Wendy's isn't going to change anything? Who? I said, you mean burning down a Wendy's isn't going to change anything? 
Absolutely not. All you did was help gentrify the neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> I so, mean, it's easy now. We they don't have to do anything. You've destroyed the entire space and area. Yeah. By the way, any of the women of the DC project are welcome to come here on the show. Absolutely. I'm guessing, I'm guessing you're the first one from the DC project probably to be on the show. I, I, I don't know because uh, it's so many of us, Hank. Yeah. You you never know. It's so many of us, okay. and I'm. The last person to probably be on Wait, your Antonia show. Wait, so Antonia Okafor is Antonia Okafor in the DC? Absolutely. Pro- okay, no, then she yes, would be she the is. first one then, probably. Yeah, I, if you want, Hank, I, I got. Mm-hmm. I, I've had like over ten of them on my show. I can I'll get. You I'll get you a uh, connection, yeah. Hank, yeah. with uh, a list of ladies that could okay. get interviewed. So yeah. I'll make John, sure I make I that happen. You. Okay, thank you, John. I heard your humble brag. I heard it. I got. <laughs> no, no, I've been. Uh, I've been uh, uh, Cheryl Todd. <laughs> You've had Cheryl Todd on, right? Cheryl Todd. Did I have Cheryl? I think so. Is that the lawyer? No, no. If you have Cheryl Todd on, you need to have Cheryl Todd on. Okay. Her her camo is polka dots, so you may have heard heard of her that way. We have a lot of women. We have just a ton of great women. Oh, we met them in Shawshank. Okay. Yeah. We have biathlon that that won Olympics, mm-hmm. Olympic winners, and okay. we have just it's so many people from all ethnic backgrounds, race. Yeah, we'll do better to work on stories to share. Okay, we'll do better to get uh, get those ladies here on the show. They're they're obviously welcome. Um, we you, go ahead, John. What's up? The reason why I have them on my podcast is mm-hmm. because they're all awesome guests. You really don't have to, you know. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yes, I did. I did meet. I met Cheryl Todd. I met her. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so you mentioned uh, you mentioned that uh, Diane Diana was on Fox News. Have you been on Fox News? No, and I tried to reach out to them a thousand times. Mm-hmm. Um, I was with oh. Laura Ingram when she came here to Chicago to do something about the violence. Mm-hmm. I think it was like her second time coming back, or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. So I went to that event. And I met her and, you know, of course, we exchanged uh, business cards and was supposed to get uh, someone supposed to reach out. And they never Mm -hmm. did. And that's fine, too. But, you know, like I said, I have yet to be on there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, well, you heard that from John. John's Yeah, John's your agent. He'll get you on there. Uh, I got connections. He'll make it happen. Yeah. Um, Kermit Loves Bacon says, I try to get Hank to have Holly on when Connecticut was pushing its 35% ammo syntax. Listen, if you're trying to get someone on the show, talk to Lola. Lola usually tries to yeah. reach out to people. They don't always answer, so sometimes it takes takes are time. They talking to about, are they talking about Holly Sullivan? Uh, I don't know. I don't yes, know. Oh, okay. I'm guessing. They, okay, there you they go. They are. She's All a right. DC Project uh, member as well, and she just won a case with, uh, the. here I go, Connecticut Defensely... Yes. Right. C- Somebody. Yeah. CCDL. Connecticut mm. Citizens Defense. Citizen, yes, they yeah. just won their case, yeah. and my case was cited in that as well. That's why it's so important that people understand that mm-hmm. when these cases are being won across the country, two of the main three cases you have the Heller case, you have the McDonald case, and you have the Ezel case creeping its way right on up in there. Mm-hmm. You know, and and two of two of the three cases have black lead plaintiffs, and it goes back to. They wouldn't know that because they're not in the two-way yeah. family, 
But if we start to visualize and humanize these cases and they see these things, then it could change some things. Yeah. Let me ask you, Rhonda. I just thought of this. So I don't know if you've ever watched a show, but what happens to me is random thoughts pop in my head and that gate okay. that's supposed to stop me from saying stuff doesn't really work that well. But, okay. um, you know, you've done a lot for the Second Amendment here. Has anyone ever tattooed you on themselves? Any gun guys ever done a tattoo of you? If not, <laughs> not we got to make I, it happen. Uh, you did? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I no, did. No, you did not. Where? <laughs> Do you really want to think? Show it, show it, show it. <laughs> Wait a no. second. Hold on. <laughs> oh, never mind. <laughs> I, I, thought you might have, I thought you may have had something on your hand or something. If it's, oh, oh never mind. Yeah. Yeah. But no, Hank. No, yeah. no Hank. I, yeah. I have I haven't read that yeah. tattoo yet. Yeah, come on now. You, someone out Rhonda there needs to get. You need to get a Rhonda tattoo now. Come on, make it happen. <laughs> Let's see. Let's get someone. It's got to be a real tattoo, not one of those temporary things. <laughs> not, not the wipe off kind. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be real. It's got to be. It's got to live there forever. When you go home, your wife's got to be like, "What the hell's going on? Who's no. this Rhonda?" <laughs> Like, we're getting divorced now. <laughs> yeah. Kathy, Kathy, music lover, says, John, please don't go naked. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay, let's see here. Wait, how do we get... We all, right, all right, all right. Um, I make you got a deal. What? If someone donates $5 to my niece's uh, GoFundMe, I won't get naked. But if no one does in the next 10 minutes, everything's coming off. Okay, and uh, let me block his image right now. <laughs> I thought he was going to say if someone gave five bucks, he would get the tattoo. He'd get a tattoo, well, right? Then I was going to say that a tattoo costs a little bit more than that, but okay. All right, I thought he was going all out for the five bucks for the tattoo. Yeah. Um, wow. and then, I'm not Fiverr, man. Yeah. So here you go. Someone's going after me again. Armin and Axis says, Lola Strange, if it wasn't for you working as a team with Hank, this would be a big train wreck. Laugh out loud. Oh, wow. This is it. I get <laughs> no respect. I get no respect around here. What's up, Lola? You want me to read the stuff off the board? No, I don't think so. I refuse. Lola's got okay. questions so over there. You, I'm refusing you, you to you follow to orders. Huh? Follow orders. You have to follow orders. Close that gate because now people are passing judgment on your professionalism. <laughs> I refuse to be professional. <laughs> okay, I'm a contrarian. So I try to be as much as possible. That's yeah. what makes this show so so much fun is the non-professionalism. I've been on like news shows and stuff when they're all stuffy. Yeah. Well, it's my first time, so I yeah. I'm not as loose as you guys. I, I I want to be presentable when well, I'm speaking to the I, general public or when I'm speaking to the world. When you go I on Fox wanna... News, Rhonda, you're gonna miss me because those people are all stuck up, and you know you be you'll be on there for you'll be on there for like two seconds. Here, you get to live. This is where oh, freedom freedom oh, lives me, right here. I live. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. When, you, when you're done with this experience, you're going to be like, oh, wow, this was awesome. I am now a new person. I went into the Matrix. I went into the Terminator. Did, a, did it the, all. <laughs> right. I just went through the zone. Yeah. 
let's can we talk let's talk to chicago before i go to lola's point over there that lola's trying to uh get me to go to let's talk chicago um can we talk about some you guys right now if you guys have questions you can hit us up uh can we talk about uh juicy smolet how about that can we talk that Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, <laughs> John like that. Every time I hear the name of this, remember the Dave show. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you're from Chicago. You're you're a Chicago native, born and bred. So I got to ask you, so what did you when the whole and we obviously we did we we didn't know you at the time to have you come on. So what do you think about the whole Jesse Smollett thing, uh, and what it's become now? When I first heard it, I knew it was a lie. Okay. Period. Mm-hmm. Because of the area and the location where it supposedly had taken place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you're talking about a person that says whatever happened, and he didn't get robbed. He still had a sandwich. This is Chicago. Yeah. At three in the are there morning, a lot of, are there they're going to of... be robbed. <laughs> they're going to take coat, shoes. Yeah. You know, they're going to take your phone. You're not going to be able to call. Yeah. anyone for help so so are there a lot of like white dudes well let me ask you so what part do, do you remember what part of chicago that was like uh because i don't streeterville 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 so in that streeterville what kind of people live in that area it's mostly um caucasians there okay and um it's not an area where a lot of black people so, live here so a lot of people so from, a lot of people from the caucus mountains he was there, in saying. a secure location where right. he could have slept in front of the subway store had he chose to and wouldn't have been harmed. So when I heard that mm-hmm. he was robbed and beaten and uh, noosed up and so yeah. on and so forth, I knew it was a lie in the door and I hadn't even had all the information. Mm-hmm. But knowing the area and processing the fact that who he was why didn't you call a Grubhub or a food place that could deliver your food? Right. But, I mean, also, it was like, what was it, like 2 o'clock in the morning or something? It was negative 20 degrees 50 or something? 50 degrees below zero okay. in uh-huh. Chicago. No one is outside. Wait, does Chicago They're actually get to 50 country. degrees below zero? Or that's just like, a, you, you know. You know, it's a little extra, but it got... <laughs> 30 or 40. Yeah. It's just cold. It got cold that day. Especially that night, 25 below. Oh, okay. I think we we lost John here for a second, but we'll probably get him back. I'll keep an eye on it. I'm sure we'll get John back in here. But Mm -hmm. but nevertheless, Mm -hmm. he caused a lot of destruction. He lied. He almost started a race war. He Mm -hmm. caused city taxpayers to pay a lot of taxes to, you know, for resources to try to figure out the crime, mm-hmm. a crime that never happened, that ended up being people that he worked with yeah. and, and was kind of cordial with, if yeah. you want to say. So at the end of the day, if you go back from the beginning and process it from, oh, he was attacked and they said this mega stuff and they put a noose around his neck and okay, but you still had a phone, you still had your coat, you still had shoes, mm-hmm. you still had your sandwich. So in mm-hmm. Chicago, he would have been robbed. Like I'm literally saying, if they had robbed him, they would have taken those items. But yeah. then come to find out down the line, it was a setup. It was planned. Mm-hmm. And he knew the people. At that point in time, what else could you say? You knew it was a lie. Mm-hmm. But why? Mm-hmm. And he went on national television promoting this story all around. And now he thinks he's supposed to just walk. 
Yeah, I think a lot of the residents of that area were upset because they couldn't imagine two uh, like white dudes walking around with MAGA hats in that part of Chicago, which from what I hear is very liberal, right? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they wouldn't be just walking around with some MAGA hats in Chicago. And even if they did, nothing would have happened because right. then the type of people that live there, they're, they're not mm-hmm. the rowdiest the roughest neighborhood. That's not a rough neighborhood. Yeah. So tell you me, know, as as so. a, as a as a Chicagoan, is that the word? So it's, what is it? If you're from Chicago, is a Chicagoan a good one? That's a good one. Okay. As a Chicagoan, how many Nigerians do you guys have up in Chicago? Is there a lot uh, of Nigerians over there? there are a lot of Nigerian people move yeah. there. Oh, a lot. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I used to live in Nigeria. That's, that's great. Yeah. It's great. It's, it's a lot. Because even we have events where uh, we go out and we set up at this event too. It's, it's called the African Festivals of Arts, mm-hmm. and it's like a um, three or four day event, and it it attracts the black culture, mm-hmm. and, and everyone comes out. So you know they're there mm-hmm. because you have fifty thousand, hundred thousand people come through the weekend. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. They're not flying into Chicago just for this event. This is one of the biggest events that's happened in the city all the time. So lots of Nigerians. I know that when I saw there was some Nigerian dudes caught up in this whole thing, it just cracked me up to no end. I used to live in Nigeria, and and I consider, like, Nigerians my people. (laughs) But Um, at the end of the day, though, the guy worked on the set of the show with him. Yeah, he was one of his trainers. So he literally picked these guys out specifically mm-hmm. to, you know, ho- in, in hopes of getting away with it mm-hmm. and, and then, you know, cause a big ruckus. And yeah. it failed. It blew up in his face. So. Did, um, were a lot of, so how did Nigerians feel about this? I don't know if you know any Nigerians at the time. They didn't really, yeah. I didn't get to speak with any to know how they feel, <laughs> but I know they probably was laughing. I know they probably was yeah. laughing because it was, yeah. it was stupidity. It was just pure stupidity. Everybody, mm-hmm. because if you're from Chicago, if he had said he was somewhere on the west side of town, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe on the south side, somewhere where he shouldn't have been, yeah. maybe hanging with some people that he shouldn't have been, and it happened, absolutely believable. Mm-hmm. Because he probably would have gotten shot in the process. No, I think you made a good point that if, yeah, seriously. if it was a, if some real well, bad guys had gone after him, he wouldn't have any clothes or anything like that. That's like, what I'm saying. <laughs> and he had this fancy phone and you know, whatever little stuff he had, yeah. he still had it in his yeah. possession. So, therefore, no robbery had taken place. Yeah. Um, I mean, I knew those Nigerians were down. Soft area. Yeah. I knew, know, the, I knew the Nigerians area. were down with him when he didn't have any kind of real bruises. And I can tell you, like, one thing I know from, like, I've gotten into fights, <laughs> you know, with Nigerian dudes. You're coming out with some bruises. Uh, yeah, and when the police showed up at his apartment, he still had the noose around his neck. That's what I was about yeah. to say. My, no one's my do thing that. is, yeah. this, if it was so horrifying mm-hmm. that you, you had a noose around your neck, why did you still have it hour later? Yeah, you know, you called your manager and discussed the details, and you still have this on your neck. But then when they found the evidence in those boys' home where they made the letter. And, and that mm. was another federal crime. He mailed the letter to himself through the FBI. I mean, the yeah, FBI the was feds, on this case. Yeah, the feds aren't going to go so after that him, was though. A lot. Yeah. Just, I know, I know but, but, but let's take a look at everything that he did wrong mm. 
and and Kathleen music lover said didn't even they didn't even take his sandwich I mean come on that's true I'm saying I told you he he still had food he still had his clothes he still had his phone he still had shoes so but that area is a is it's not a a bad area in Chicago so Um, no one's gonna be out at that time of the morning in that weather waiting to rob someone that just happens to be going to get a sandwich. Yeah. And you still, you had a fight and you still had a sandwich. But not to mention they tried to hang you with a noose, but you kept the sandwich. In self-defense, we know that if we're attacked and we have something in our hands, we're going to drop our items and we're going to get ready to defend that life. Yeah. You're or if, hold if that's on all I have, I'm going to beat back. you. I'm going to beat the living daylights out of you with that frozen ass sandwich. How many how many MAGA hat wearing racists watch Empire? I have no idea. I I, I can tell I, you I one thing. I have never that. seen I have never seen two minutes of Empire. <laughs> no, but it's like, so I don't know anything about Empire. Um, like, you know, they, yeah. they and they did write to I, I I don't know if they took it off the show, took it off the air or yeah, whatever, think, but it needed yeah. to be taken off because. He spat in the face of every person that lives in this city because at the end of the day, what he did was put a lot of lives at stake when he said he was attacked. He knows that the city of Chicago hates the president. We've mm-hmm. seen that. Because he could have kicked off something like what we here. saw here with this George with George he could Floyd. Have yeah. Off a race riot mm-hmm. and lives could have been lost. That's how I process it. Mm-hmm. You know, I care less about what he did it for. Mm-hmm. What I know is he lied, he was wrong, and he could have caused a massive amount of lives lost with a race war had people believed him and they couldn't prove him wrong. Yeah, yeah I think the black community in Chicago basically knew he was lying right away. Though. Does he, um, does Juicy still live in uh, Chicago? Or he... Yeah. I, I don't think he even lived here. I think he had maybe was in a renting a condominium here because of the show was here. Oh, oh, that he show took just, place in he Chicago. He had just flown in okay. that night. Oh. He had just flown in that night. Mm-hmm. And they, they planned this on the plane to yeah. do this robbery and so yeah. on and so forth. Okay. So I don't think he resides here. Okay. But I do believe he may have some property that he rents. Okay. You know, I don't keep up with the kid, you know. Yeah. No, I, I understand. I, I understand. I e- Eli EDC says, ask Mrs. L about her opinion about Kim Fox. Laugh out loud. That's his thing. Kim Fox. Is Kim Fox the prosecutor? Was that the prosecutor there? She's a state's attorney. State's attorney. Okay. What's your opinion on uh, Kim Fox? Good, well, bad? Kim Kim Fox is pretty much was complicit in the, in mm-hmm. the ordeal, if you ask me, because... She had connections to um, some of the Obama administration who were friends with um, Mm -hmm. Smollett, Mm -hmm. along with Carmela Harris and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. But, you know, she knew things and so she didn't want to prosecute. She she did the wrong thing, you know, so she's she's not what we need as a state's attorney. She refused to prosecute cases here. Mm-hmm. These people are getting a slap on the wrist, even the ones that are committing murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I met a man at, we went to a gun for, gun task force meeting to speak with our legislators that had formed this gun task force meeting. And the man, um, he testified that a young man killed his, his son 
and the, the young man still taunts him to this day. But the reason that the young man got off for the murder is because he was related to someone that works in the office of the state's attorney. Mm-hmm. You know, so she, she's not, you know, doing her job. You know, she's mm-hmm. allowing people to do the stealing. And, oh, well, we moved it up from $100 or $200 to $1,000 before you can be convicted of mm-hmm. theft. And mm-hmm. I mean, just, you know, once again, they're feeding into that narrative of getting the black votes. Mm-hmm. What, you know, what do we do to keep, because if you steal something, you go to jail. If you mm-hmm. take a bubble gum, you go to jail. Mm-hmm. I, I just believe you shouldn't be stealing. Mm-hmm. Just get a job, go go to work and buy what you need. Mm-hmm. So someone might say, oh, it's harsh for somebody to go to jail for, or they're in jail and they can't afford to pay their bond. Why are you in jail? You had the option to be doing something other than doing what you did to get there. So I'm, I'm kind of old school, mm-hmm. and I don't agree with a lot of things other people say mm-hmm. because they think because you black you're supposed to support everything that black people say and do. Mm-hmm. That's not how I was raised, and that's not how I raised my child. We all we all should hold ourselves to higher standards, not lower ones. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Like you know, like so, if you watch Chris, uh, huh? but he, you know, it Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. He was talking about you know. People are saying, I-, I raised my kids. And he's like, you're supposed to. <laughs> That's Yeah, come on now. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, let's see here. Uh, Eli EDC also wants me to ask you about the decision, the Supreme Court's decision about the assault weapons ban in Chicago. Was uh, well, the, well, the Supreme Court just said that they weren't taking any Second Amendment cases. Yeah. And I think Judge Thomas wrote something about it, and he was a bit upset about it because they haven't taken a case since 2011. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know how many cases was for cert or whatever I think it was. To be. I think it was 10 About of them. 10, was, the, was Chicago 10. one of those cases? Absolutely. It mm-hmm. was the, you're going to make Wilson versus Chicago case that has been being fought for over 15 years. Wow. Probably more than that. And, um, you know, it's time that the, sec, um, the Supreme Court take up one of these cases and mm-hmm. solidify what the Second Amendment is. or You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because you can't keep shooting it back down to the lower courts or the lower courts think that they can move a case mm-hmm. like they tried to do in Virginia mm-hmm. and uh, because they can always come back with some more shenanigans. So mm-hmm. if they're not going to take these cases, I mean, what are they waiting on? What are they doing? Maybe, you know? maybe I, you know what? I think that's a good question. Maybe they're waiting for us to get upset or something. Before they decide to, uh, you know, shore up the Second Amendment or confirm that the Second Amendment actually exists in America. Maybe you know? Well, you know what? I'll take a I was, I, I was trying to, I, I really wish gun owners would do, what, do a great march like what we see now. We're the only group that haven't showed up yet. Mm-hmm. Well, we do. Virginia. We, we had yes. thousands in Virginia, but that's what... Absolutely. The, you did. You did. And Governor Northam slapped you in no. on the wrist and said, I'm going to put more gun control in place because well, he was so angry that you stood up against those measures. Yeah. And, we, he just and, I, and I think the I think the crazy thing, thing, I think the crazy thing about Virginia, um, you know, I would also like to see people uh, demand that Northam steps down in Virginia. I mean, it's Absolutely. the double standard you were saying of uh, of of race uh, racism, right? That they're out mm-hmm. there pulling down statues and stuff like that, but you know, Northam p- throws on blackface and he's still the governor. What the hell's going right. on? 
and right. his name was Cool Man in high school and college too. And and the notion that he said that he would not say which picture he which one he was in the pictures, mm-hmm. that should raise a red flag to everybody. Okay, he did it a lot. Pick your pick your <laughs> options. Yeah, you know, none of the, neither of the photos are great here, um, but. but we're allowing this individual to run this state. Mm-hmm. Originally, he said he was in blackface and he was dressed up as Michael Jackson for Halloween. Yeah. Standing next to a guy in a Ku Klux Klan outfit, which makes You know, sense. I think sometimes we have too much honor, which I think, okay, that's a good thing. It's a good thing to have honor. But sometimes we have to fight fire with fire, man. And Down people like Northam, we need to fight with the fact that he put on blackface. This guy, that guy does not need to be the governor of Virginia. You can't you can't be in Virginia pulling down statues and stuff like that, and then this guy's your governor. What kind of what kind Absolutely. of insanity is that? That do goes you know, back you know, to, to tell you that these people don't know what they want. Yeah, because yeah. they're not paying attention. They don't do politics. They are followers. When you ask, are they pawns? Absolutely, they are followers. They're just following the herd. They don't have any agenda of their own. If they knew about Northern. They would march right up to that front door and demand that he be We honest. all know about him. <laughs> it's not a secret anymore. <laughs> Go ahead, John. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, we we call him in the state of Virginia, we call him Governor Blackface. Mm-hmm. Um, he needs also, to step down. He needs to step down. In Virginia News, uh, GOA and GOF and VCDL um, has sued – uh, Virginia over their new one handgun a month law. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, and okay. there's gonna be other lawsuits coming down too. Yeah. Well, we know, one thing is for certain is these states that are imposing these gun control measures are losing. So we know that we needed that backup from the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. and for them to deny to take one of these cases, I mean, you either take the case. Or figure out is Ruth Bader Ginsburg still alive? Like I don't know what you need to do to figure it all out, but you have to take it. They're just and, pumping and, her up with some of that Michael Jackson juice. Keep her know, going past the, the election. That's the it's, matrix. It's matrix lady. <laughs> she's the she's the matrix. What what the, the the what was the other show you talked about? Terminator. She's the Terminator. She keep coming back. Yeah, I think she's Bernie from Weekend Up Bernie's. But if they don't do something about, you know, really making a solid decision towards the Second Amendment, mm-hmm. then, you know, why are they there? Mm-hmm. You can't skip over the Second Amendment and take every other thing from it's somebody. So, it's so blatant at this point. I think it's so blatant at this point that we're living in a country where even, like, on the right, the, cons- the people who are supposed to be conservatives or Republicans, even they don't want to stand up for the Second Amendment. You know, It's been 11, it's since 2011. Mm-hmm. So you, there's no way possible that you didn't have this, like, I'm trying to figure out, it's been since 2011 since they took a case. Mm-hmm. Well, we, well, they did take a case recently, but then they decided not to hear it after arguments. Right, uh, the New Jersey case. So mm-hmm. it's you, like they didn't take it. They took it, but, you know. Then we, they said that. Well, we I think they were, they, 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 what we're asking for. 
You know, yeah. the New York case, everyone thought they were going to take. They didn't take that. I think that well, was they, a sign they, right they, there. But then they said, well, New York dropped it, so it's now moot. And they kicked it back down. Right, and that's what I'm saying. We have to go beyond that. We, we can't mm-hmm. accept them mooting the case. We don't want to talk about Second Amendment because I don't know what they want to— you know, the, the Second Amendment is being utilized as a pawn, just like all those mm-hmm. people out there marching and protesting. Mm-hmm. It is the exact same thing. It's being kicked around, kicked the can. Mm-hmm. And it's been done for too long now. They're going to have to either take a case or, you know, something has to happen. Yeah. Because I think then, what they want to happen, they won't be they, able to I, I think they with the stuff that they're doing. Yeah. I, I think that, like, uh, uh, Chief Justice Roberts has no backbone. Um, and, and that's a huge problem that we have here. He's very easy to intimidate, and he's clearly being intimidated uh, by the left. Uh, Lola has a good question here, so I'm going to get to this one. Uh, she says, uh, on the topic of black votes, what does Miss Rhonda think about the Biden comment? Remember, Biden says, uh, if, you, if you don't vote for him, then you're not black, or you're not black enough, or whatever the, whatever the comment was that he made. You're not black. If you don't vote for me, then you're just not black. What do you think about that? I, I, I think it was very stupid to even say it. I, mm-hmm. I'm surprised he even had enough sense to let it come out in a, in a sentence. I mean, I'm black and I'm not voting for Biden either way. Mm-hmm. What difference does it make? Yeah. I mean, he has dementia. He's been in office over 40-something years. He had an mm-hmm. opportunity to do whatever he needed to do. He was vice president. And he's done nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. he brought us the crime bill to lock black people yeah. up. But yeah. saying that if an individual don't vote for you, that they're not black, well... Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, I'm, I'm just going to say, let me see, what's the best way I could say this to you? Probably the most straightforward way I could say it. There's a lot of people in America, I'm not just saying black people, because there's celebrities and people like that that think they're rebels, you know, or they're, they're badass or they're tough or they're somehow outstanding people because uh, they're they're pushing back against Republicans or Trump or whatever. You know, the to me, the worst group of people here are Democrats and liberals because they believe they have ownership over us. You know, it's it's one of these things. I remember this. I know I know you're not a big fan of the movies, but I remember this movie that um, the Django movie where the the I guess the white guy in there frees Django from slavery and then he feels responsible for him because he freed him from slavery, right? I really think a lot of Democrats out there, a lot of liberals, Joe Biden is a perfect example. They feel they somehow have ownership over us. We should just abdicate our freedom to them and they should decide what's right for us. And if we don't do that, we're not black enough. It's so insane. You have to remember, before this tragedy happened that Mm -hmm. we're dealing with right now, we were actually just tossed to the side because they were fighting so hard for open borders. Remember? Mm -hmm. They wanted everybody to pour in. They were promising everything free, Mm -hmm. which meant they know they had utilized the black vote for for the last 50 years. And when people start to migrate and and decide to go to another party Mm -hmm. or vote for somewhere else or just start to think for themselves and do things Mm -hmm. differently, they start to we need another said group of people. Yeah, you had that big black So they start allowing... Mm -hmm. Uh, People to come across the border, promising them everything for free, telling them it doesn't matter uh, if you have uh, if you're undocumented or not. Mm -hmm. And then they want to let them vote. Fine. If that's what you want to do. But it's not right. 
mm-hmm. because there's laws in place for them to come to this country legally. So at that point, they had given up because they knew they had lost a lot of, of the black support. But then this crisis happened. Mm-hmm. George Floyd was murdered. Mm-hmm. And boom, we got him. Mm-hmm. Now they holding their fists, they're marching, they're kneeling, mm-hmm. they're wearing kente cloth, they're telling you black power and mm-hmm. that they support you. And so on. But they had just crossed you out mm-hmm. just recently enough to know that they were marketing and promoting open borders. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason they were marketing for that. Yeah. Isn't, isn't the kente cloth like a sign of like the elite rich in Africa or something like that? Uh, it's something like that. It's, it's from, families yeah. in it's Africa, from, Ghana, yeah, it's specifically and other from, countries around. Yeah, it's specifically from Ghana and, you know, specifically a West African thing. Mostly it's from Ghana. You know, and yes, mostly it's uh, it's something that's worn uh, for celebrations or important uh, important days and all that kind of stuff. It does symbolize that. To me, to me, uh, this is this is me. This is how I look at things, and people can research this. I always say, try to tell people, you know, if you look at roots as your idea of what happened with slavery, you're very misguided. Because Roots has where these like white guys wound up on the shore of Africa and they just started kidnapping Africans. That would be literally impossible. It happened m- maybe a small percentage of the time. Most of the slavery that we have, like my, you know, I'm from the Caribbean. My ancestors in the Caribbean and Rhonda's here in America that were slaves were Africans, West Africans, that were sold into slavery by their mm-hmm. own people. Those Absolutely. people would be Ghanaians. Mm-hmm. You, okay. you just Kane said that uh, Tim Kane said that uh, slavery was invented in the United States. No, okay. Well, he doesn't. I don't. Whatever. And here's the thing. So, like at that time during slavery, it was called the Kingdom of Ghana. That was like Nigeria, Ghana, a big chunk of West Africa was the Kingdom of Ghana. That's why, like, if 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 uh, people here in America, if black people in America do this, or um, in the Caribbean, most of us will find that our genetics point back to Nigeria and Ghana. That's where we came from. Our own people sold us into slavery. You know, and this is one of the ways that they that they got wealthy. A lot of people forget this. This is a mean like I don't hate Africans. You know, I live there. My wife is African. I don't hate African people. But when we go around like pulling down statues and saying this flag is no good, we got to think about, okay, if we're going to hold these people responsible for slavery, what about these people? What about the people that had the most to do with slavery. You could still go to Ghana and see the fortresses that were built there for them to ship their own brothers and sisters out of, of, of Ghana into slavery in America and in the, in the Caribbean. You could still see it if you go there, right? Those things well, are still there. And that's the thing about when they wore these cloths, they were totally disrespectful. They had no clue and no idea what was going on, but they did know that they were tapping into the the mentality of the black community. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because they're very fragile and they knew Mm -hmm. it was easy to do so. And no one questioned it. No one questioned it. It's just pushing buttons. Yeah, it's just pushing buttons and we just react to it and we think, and here's, and I'm not trying to say like, we honestly, to get over this and get past it, we need to understand. We need to understand it. We need to look at it, and we need to move forward. And just like I don't want to hate Africans, I definitely don't hate my wife 
or my children <laughs> or any Africans or any black people that are out there. We need to get past it and stop hating people. The, the, the white people that are here today aren't the ones that did this to us. Right. And, and there's all the time. You know, at some point we have to realize this terrible thing happened. Everyone's complicit in this. Everyone's complicit in this thing that happened and we have to not forget it and we have to move on and we have to stop letting people manipulate us and push our buttons. I think like you're saying, Rhonda, like, oh, here's this thing. We're going to jump all over this and make this seem like this is a big thing when one of the biggest racist things happening in America right now is gun control. Absolutely. You know, and, and they're going to come back. That, that particular thing that these guys want, that Biden said that he wants... And then do, come back to Biden. Do you remember Biden said he was going to was it Buttigieg? No, who's no. There was another guy yeah, that Biden said he was going to put. Who he said. Was it Buttigieg that he said he was going to put in charge of uh, <laughs> of going after the yeah. guns? Who, who no, do you think? Beto O'Rourke. Beto O'Rourke. Okay, so there you go. So it wasn't. I think it was. I think it was Beto. It was yeah. Beto. So, so basically, Biden is telling you that he's going after that. You know who's going to jail? If you don't know who's going to jail, just go back to the 80s and look and see who went to jail for for uh, crack cocaine and all those other things. Oh. Just you, very quickly, you'll figure it out. There's they, the, the, it's very they, easy to see. They don't do see. politics, so they're not able to keep up with that. They don't do politics, so they don't they're not able to keep up with that. And they're not thinking about that, and they're falling into you know the prey again. Of, oh, this is my party. We want to defund the police and I'm going to vote this way. And the man is telling you he's going to strip you of your rights. Mm -hmm. How would you protect that very life that you have left? Not to mention that they've done it before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just uh, a, a lot of people in America, they think they're rebels or something like that. And they are being it's like the frickin uh, what is that thing from uh, Star Wars? This the Jedi mind trick. Jedi mind trick. You're thinking that you're you're a rebel and you're somehow free and you're fighting back against the man and you're setting up the man who say, who's going to set you up. His first plan is to put your ass in jail. You yeah. won't be able He's to defend yourself. Yeah, He's absolutely. He's done it before. Yeah. And 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 when people don't understand that and then you ask again, you say, "Well, well why aren't the black community getting involved?" They're involved, but the majority of them put the Second Amendment on the back burner. Like, it's not a thought until something happens. Because they've tricked, the they've tricked people into thinking that the Second Amendment is, is not for them, that guns are it's for bad taboo. guys. Right. Yeah, or, or only the cops can have the guns. Community. Yeah, only the government can have the guns. They'll be the government will take care of us. Don't worry about. Oh wait a second, the government's killing us. They're putting they're putting their knees on our necks. You, you, it's yeah. a confused message. But that's what, what I don't you know understand. Of? Only police should have guns, but the police are corrupt and are violent and they want to kill us. But only they should have guns. I don't get it. It's not you real. Know, in, in Chicago, they've been doing this so long that the people literally believe it. They've adopted the terminology. Mm -hmm. They've taken the terminology and utilized it against law-abiding citizens because every weekend, as a matter of fact, every day, all the shootings that you see, if, if you see me post something about some shootings and some killings and so on and so forth, mm -hmm. you're going to see somebody agree to the fact that, oh, it's too many guns in the streets. But yeah, well, in the hands of the wrong people. Yeah. But they've already bought into the notion that firearm ownership in the black community is taboo. So mm -hmm. they agree with that to, you know, until 
because every time their child get killed, then it's, this has to stop. These guns have to be taken up. But you weren't saying that at first before yeah. your child was killed. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you we're not asking what was your child doing to be in this circumstance that, you know, led to this situation. Let's talk about those things instead of attacking the tool and then only attacking law-abiding citizens and, you know, with the fines and the fees and the more rules and regulations. Yeah. And the bad guy is not going to yeah. follow any laws, you mm-hmm. know, and it's just ends up on, on our back. I feel like if, um, if so let's pick any block in Chicago where there's this problem of, uh, you know, the gangs have taken over and there's, you know, all this, uh, this violence that's happening there. Um, by the way, shout out to Robert from Full 30. I see him in here. Okay, so I, I think if we took any place, if we took any one of those places and we gave the law-abiding, hardworking people who were just trying to take care of their families AR-15s on that block, you would probably see that, that gang go away real fast. Right. Because the gang doesn't have to follow any laws, but those people have to see it. I remember one time I was having this uh, conversation in the barbershop and um, there was a guy. (laughs) This is what he said to me about that. He said, you know what? The drug dealers, man, they take care of they take care of the people. They take care of them. The drug dealers, they have barbecues. They do. all. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? How can the very the very thing that you're trying to say to me that a drug dealer is good for the community is insane. That drug dealer is turning people's mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers into crackheads, yeah. meth heads, whatever it Absolutely. is. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. and he's destroying that community. And you're trying to tell me that right. he's helping that community. No, that yeah, community, that community needs to be able to take him out. And uh, that's what happened when people think that everything that's free is good. That's mm-hmm. what happens when you mm-hmm. tend to believe that mm-hmm. something that's free is good. Now, we just had last week in an area in Chicago where it's over in Cicero, which was like a mob area back in the day. Um, the, the, the lady that used to run it, she went to jail as well. So it's very corrupt over there. Mm-hmm. But those guys were on camera stated that they Mm -hmm. had gotten uh, uh, the okay from the police to do what they wanted to do. So they started attacking every car that came by saying that black people couldn't come over there. This was just last week. Throwing rocks, they were shooting, they were attacking folks. Like, it was just crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, so when you start to set these things up and say, well, okay, these guys can run this block, and they think that they can do that, then the regular people that live there don't stand a chance mm-hmm. until they raise up and start protecting themselves like they know, you know, we have a right. I'm going to mm-hmm. get a fire out. I'm going to yeah. be responsible. When they try to do a drive through through that neighborhood and they get tagged up, they're going to go, yeah, yeah, you know what? I think we just need to leave these people alone. You mean and, and it's crazy. You know, mm-hmm. it's crazy. I, I, I said for the governor needs to go over there. But I think they had a march over there. But that's, that's here nor there because, you know, okay, everybody is marching, right? Mm-hmm. And Sure enough, the weekend come back to the same stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But they allow those things to happen. And then mm-hmm. gun owners are being held responsible with more gun control. It's crazy. Yeah. Go ahead, John. I think I think John wanted to jump in here. Go ahead. No, I just said uh, I think you meant drive by. Uh, yeah. What did I say? Drive through. Yeah. Okay. Drive by. <laughs> drive through. Drive by. Drive up. Right. 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 Yes. Okay. I stand corrected. I stand corrected. 
Um, Armament and Axis says fight crime, shoot back. I think people need to be able to defend themselves and then they okay. will, you know, this is, this is the, this is what will lead to, uh, freedom. This is what will lead to freedom. Okay. Let me ask you this question. I know you were, um, you were fighting for the ranges in Chicago. How many ranges do we have? Do we get any open? You know, where are we in the, in the process of that? Zero. Zero. So we don't have any. Okay. How long has this been? It's been a decade already. Well, come next year would be my 10 year anniversary Mm -hmm. this year, this month. I believe on the 28th, maybe, mm-hmm. could, could would be the 10-year anniversary of the McDonald case. Mm-hmm. And it'll be a decade. And we mm-hmm. have not gotten anyone to invest into mm-hmm. building the first brick-and-mortar gun range. There's no other work to be done. Uh, we done that, winning the two lawsuits. So mm-hmm. I don't know why no one has uh, gotten involved. And I think that once again, the Second Amendment community, as big as we are, as prominent as we are, people know people and they should have gotten together and say, look, let's build the range here. The work has been done. You know, the cases have been fought. The cases mm-hmm. have been won. The foundation has been laid. Why hasn't anyone invested in a gun range? Yeah. You so know, do, you, do you think um, do you think there's other things that can get in the way of this? So obviously now it's legal. In in Chicago, you can own a gun and you can have a gun in your home. You can go, you can legally go to the range, but there actually is no range. Are there other things standing in the way, like EPA? Who's you know, like where where's this building going to be? Where's this place going to be? How much money would it cost for someone to come to Chicago right now and open a range? It's nothing going to be in the way. I don't know the cost of a range, but Mm -hmm. let's just start with five million bucks, four or five million bucks. You don't Mm -hmm. need thirty lanes. You need a ten lane range. Mm-hmm. It just needs to be established. Mm-hmm. People will come. Okay, and, so you're uh, saying that there's just the no I mean, one whatever, willing to invest whatever. in it? or Absolutely. Okay. There's no one willing to invest at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not something on the books that's preventing them because whatever you do in business, when you build a brick and mortar or start a business, you still have to get licensed. Right. And uh, I mean, have you ever, so have you ever in, in your travels over this decade, have you met people that are willing to do this? I know, I think I saw in your interview with John that you were talking about, uh, what's the name of these guys that make uh, targets? Uh, action targets. Action targets, right? You know, have you met people willing to do this? And then, you know, well, what's the deal here? I, what's the talk- roadblock? I talk to everyone that I get a chance to that mm-hmm. I think that can reach out to someone that is financially capable of mm-hmm. investing and nothing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the, that for me is the question to act to. It would motivate me to want to continue. Right. Yeah. So you ask yourself, OK, so for a decade. We've been fighting this fight. We restore rights. We know the cases that we want are going to continue to push Second Amendment mm-hmm. rights forward for decades. And But I still didn't get what I was fighting for, which was a range for the people. Mm-hmm. And when you say, well, well, why aren't the black people coming out? Why aren't the black people supporting? The black people don't have nowhere to go. I mean, they mm-hmm. can go where they need to go. But here's a black woman that stood up and fought mm-hmm. we haven't have you ever need to build and no one has built anything right have you ever looked into it like motorboater is saying how hard is it to get a building permit to build a gun range in chicago i'm imagining that it could be difficult and you could get people because the politicians that run this place don't really want this right so you could potentially get these people getting in the way we've, we've talked that chicago has corruption etc too ezel too took care of that Okay. What is that? What is that? Explain that to me. 
Well, you can't have a gun range next to uh, a, a a daycare 500 foot within a uh, church or a liquor store okay. or a school. And all the, the little things that would have prevented you so from you f- this is a building case a gun that you range fought. right in a direct place. Mm-hmm. We won that in the second case. So all someone has to do is whatever it takes. If you need to go down to City Hall and say, I want to build a range and mm-hmm. you pay whatever you need to pay, of course you may have some crooked alderman that may try to, you know, tap your pockets. Mm. I don't know that, but that doesn't mean you have to deal with that. Yeah. But well, it's I mean, nothing it, it, stop you from building a gun range. It's, it's a business. Mm-hmm. We've done the, the legwork here with the Ezel versus Chicago one mm-hmm. and two. So our job is done. Mm-hmm. It's just for a person to come in with their monies and say they want to build, mm-hmm. go in and get their permits and mm-hmm. start to build. I don't see anything stopping them from building. Okay. Because we, we also had a mayor that stopped, uh, I'm going to screw this up real bad, Alderman prerogative where they don't, because they used to do so much corruption, mm-hmm. and she's called herself stop that with a an executive order when she first got into office. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I don't know if anyone contested it to this point where they've done something in the area and the alderman tried to prevent it, mm-hmm. and then they were reported and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that remains to be seen. But mm-hmm. from where I'm looking at, nothing is standing in the way. Just someone with their finances to come in and say, look, we want a bill. Yeah, maybe, I, maybe. I, I, talked, to, I mm-hmm. talked to one, I had talked to a few people mm-hmm. and a couple people backed out. And the last person I talked to, I won't say any names. It it was it would have been great mm-hmm. if it would have happened because it, it just it would have worked out. It would have been great. But I don't we haven't spoken since last year mm-hmm. because it's something we were supposed to talk about it for this year, but then the pandemic came in. Mm-hmm. Uh COVID came in. So mm-hmm. that kind of started in January and then mm-hmm. The murder, the murder came in. So I haven't even spoken with them about that. But yeah. the other two people I had spoke to, they kind of backed out and changed their minds about it. Yeah. So that was that I left. Maybe that we need I'm to. I'm not the person. That, right. Maybe you need to start a fund or something like this, and just figure out how to fund this yourself. You know, since you obviously have the passion that it's going to take to to get this done, right? You know, and, and then maybe get several companies out there to get on board. Um, I see people talking about Springfield Armory and Rock River Arms. I mean, they've done some damage to the Second Amendment in Illinois. Maybe they right. can get on board and right. uh, help uh, rebuild <laughs> no, their reputations. <laughs> How absolutely about that? not. Huh? <laughs> I'm just saying, they did some damage in Illinois, big time. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe maybe those, com- you know, but, maybe if you started some kind of fund or something like that to make this happen, then, you know. I get that too, but, mm-hmm. but why, why would I have to start a fund if mm-hmm. the 2A community is supportive of the work mm-hmm. when you continuously asking about mm-hmm. what the black people aren't and aren't doing right. when we're putting our lives on the line of 
fight against the political powers to be mm-hmm. to restore rights, mm-hmm. and no one has invested. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, I think to actually get I, it, I, mean, I, I would like to see. So, no, here's my point. I would like to see it actually happen. And sometimes to make it happen, you can't leave it up to outside entities, right? You have to figure out how to make it happen. I'm sure that you're not a wealthy woman after you know doing all these things that you're doing here that you don't necessarily have the funds. But I think you could, you know, we can get people because for lots of different reasons, you know, there's probably companies who are sitting here looking at this going, okay, I'm not going to uproot my whole company and try to go to Chicago and build a range there because we can. So sometimes the thing to do is to put everything together, the plan of how to make this happen and what it would cost, and then go out there to those guys and say, look, this, this is history here. We can make this happen. You know, what we need is funding, money. You know, that's that's what makes I've things happen. I've had that conversation several times, but I mean, I'm mm-hmm. willing to, you know, give it another shot. Right. No, I know. And, I'm and not saying it's reason, easy. I'm not saying it's easy. That's the reason for, because, because here's the thing, and, and I'm saying that mm-hmm. that is the reason I called in mm-hmm. the Midwest um, guy for Action Target and mm-hmm. had to sit down with him and said, look, this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. And this is what needs to happen. Because they will be on board. They were the co-plainers. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm trying to say, hey, I got some people here that want to build a range. What could you do mm-hmm. to make these things happen? Yeah. You know, I think and, it, I and think it may start by, so. I don't think there's any, I don't know if there's any actual, like, I don't think we're going to be able to do an open air range in Chicago, but I don't know what the exact situation is there, but maybe it starts from getting a building and saying, okay, we're going to take this building, buy that building, put it into the, you know, the charitable trust or whatever it is is set up for that. And then like, okay, now we're going to, now we're going to convert this building into being a range or someplace people can come and, and uh, get education, you know, learn how to shoot and all that kind of stuff that they need to do. You know, it's just, I don't know. That's just my idea. I'm not saying it will be easy for you. It takes, it takes a lot more than that. You're going to need a lot more people on board with you to help you organize that and people to go out and, and, and put that money together and all that kind of stuff. So, um, one quick thing before we move on, we got a couple of minutes here. I see the guys from Full 30 out there in the chat. Um, I invite those guys to come on the show and talk about Full 30. Uh, you know, uh, I can set time aside here and we can have you guys come on here and talk to the people about Full 30. I'm sure they would like to uh, hear about it and ask you questions and stuff like that. So the invitation is extended out to you, you guys, to come on here and do that. Um, uh, let's see here. We got a couple of minutes. Uh, John, do you want to? You know, do you have anything else? I think we, I think we had a pretty good uh, conversation here, man. I think we got nice and heated. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just uh, on me that Lola uh, posted, and mm-hmm. the next four people who join my Patreon, which all the funds go to my niece, mm-hmm. will get a free rental of Sniper Assassin's In, courtesy of Sony. And if you donate five dollars, that's for a dollar. But if you donate five dollars, it goes to my niece, and you get this awesome patch. There, awesome, very cool. No quarters for tyrants. Awesome, awesome, fantastic. What else can the folks do out there to support you, John, and find out about all your different endeavors and things you get Uh, up to? Real John Crump on Facebook, Real John Crump on Instagram, Crumpy SS on Twitter. Mm. Uh, John Crump 2 on, on YouTube. That's what I'm really pushing right now. And you can always go check out my stuff over at Amoland.com. Mm-hmm. I read a lot. Of, I, read, I got tons of stuff coming on that we didn't even get to mm-hmm. because Ron is such a great guest. Yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, uh, I got a lot of good stories coming up. Uh, and remember, uh, Gun Owners of America, go to the gunowners.org. Even if you don't want to join, you can sign up for to get email alerts of stuff going on in your area that affects you. Okay, awesome, awesome. Thank you. Um, and then let me uh, get this one comment before I get to Rhonda here. So the Alizé says, yeah, we need more people. How about Hank Strange starting it up since you have a big YouTube name? Uh, I'm not the I'm not the biggest YouTuber out there, much less the biggest gun YouTuber. But I will be happy. I don't also I don't live in Chicago. Um, you know, uh, but listen, Rhonda has I think Rhonda has been uh, fighting for this for a long time. I will be happy to support you, Rhonda, and do anything that I could do if this is if this is something that you want to do, or if you come across someone that actually wants to make this. A reality okay. in Chicago. I'll be willing to do anything I can to help. I'm sure John would. I'm sure all the people out here would. I'm not saying that you know it's definitely going to happen because we want to do right, it, but right. we can start Absolutely. talking about it and find people and network and promote it. And and, and if there's a fund or whatever started, we'll be happy to uh, to help get that going. That's what this is all about. That's what I've been doing here for the last uh, almost. I think I'm going on three years with this. Uh, with this, so we're approaching like 600 episodes. At wow, this point, absolutely. so absolutely, Rhonda, how can the people uh, support you, and how can they get in touch with you after this? It's been a great conversation, as far as I'm concerned. Well, they can go to our website at chicagoguzzmatter.org, or they can reach me at Rhonda Ezel backslash Facebook at ms underscore e z e l l on Twitter, mm-hmm. and they can reach out to the DC Project, dcproject.info. Mm-hmm. Very cool. When you said that just now, I thought Easy E, you know, Easy E. You're spelling it out, yeah. That'd be a good nickname, <laughs> but I don't know. You probably won't like it. Maybe it won't be a good nickname. I don't know. I don't want to get. <laughs> I don't want to get myself in trouble. You might be. You might be thirty years late on that. Yeah. <laughs> Check your six says great guest Hank. Uh, John, my prayers are with you and your family. Thank- um, Thank you. The Alizé says, I live in Las Vegas. I'll donate. Absolutely. Listen, you know what, Rhonda? I'm not trying to push you into anything to do anything. But um, if you or, for example, if there's someone, if there's folks out there in Illinois or in Chicago that have some ideas or they want to help or help Rhonda put this together, I would like to. I think that would be the the a great um, end to to the story here of actually getting an, a range in Chicago and bringing Second Amendment to the, to the folks out there, right? Guns are a gateway drug to freedom, but people need a place to go to, to train, to shoot, to find out about all of this kind of stuff. So if there is some way to make it happen, I mean, you know, let's uh, let's do that. Elfster's Rifles and Reloading is out there. He says, uh, you know, uh, great. Let me see. He says, thanks for coming on the podcast. Great guest. So there you go. Uh Lola is throwing up the uh, ChicagoGunsMatter.org. Can people can find all your info on there, right, Rhonda? Yes, they can. Yes, awesome. And Brick says, "Great show." Okay, so there you go. Let me uh, let me remind everyone: the show is brought to you by Franklin Armory. We appreciate those guys. Also, go to HankStrange.com. Sign up for our email list. Great way to keep in touch with us. And let me run the end. Stay right there, Rhonda. Don't go anywhere. Run the end. There you go. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel here. Leave your comments. Smash the thumbs ups so you can be notified every time we go live with this. You can also find this on iTunes and Podbean and all those places where you get your podcast audio from. I think this has been a lot of fun. Thanks so much, Rhonda. Thanks, John. Thank you. 
Yeah, I think Thank look at look at John, me. man. We got blood pumping in him. Look at how excited look at how excited John is right now. <laughs> His head is like I see it swirling. My Patreon is John Crump. Patreon slash John Crump. Awesome. Thanks. Who who wants the last word? Rhonda, I'll give you the last word before I press the button. Thank you guys for having me. If you're one of those three million people that are new gun owners. Thank you for joining the Second Amendment community. We love to have you get out and get your firearm safety training and education. Stay yes. safe. Thank you, Rhonda. Izal, thank you for fighting for the Second Amendment. We're out of here, guys. Peace.